Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm permeated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Magic Man. Malinaji, Peter Carr, Brooklyn to the World. We got a shortened version this week. Vegas edition. Uh, phone in. Peter Carr's on vacation again. He's out in Florida. Guys got the Vegas. Seth is in New York. We've been split up for the week. So we got a shortened edition, just a Vegas update. What's going on, Seth? Hey, Paulie, right before we start, we're going to talk about uh, NHTSA. Uh, drive sober, sober or get pulled over. We talked about it last week. Of course, Labor Day's coming up. We've got to get, get that in. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's drunk driving and driving drunk. I mean, crashes, people getting killed. It's it's really simple, and this app is amazing. You know, it's it's very simple to use. There's like three buttons on it. It gives someone your location. It helps you get a, a cab, or um, or it calls your friend. So it, it's just one of those things that makes it really easy. If if you're too drunk to you know, if you're too drunk, you don't drive. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, we we've all probably all know people that have had this happen to them, and it's it's really dangerous and like. You know, everyone likes to party and have a good time, but, you know, you got to be responsible. And this app, the Safer Ride app by NHTSA, is it's just it's just something you got to be smart about and, and something you should use if, if you're going to be out there, you know, out there drinking. It's really a matter of convenience, actually. It, uh, it works out well. It uh, keeps things safer. It's a safer option. Let's put it that way. Right. So they have it on Google Play for Android devices or have it on Apple, the, uh, the App Store, on iPhones. Um, it allows users to call a taxi or a predetermined friend or identifies a location where they can be picked up. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really that easy. And, and, you know, drive sober, get pulled over. It's, it's as simple as that. Very simple, yep. And, you know, for, right. and for more information uh, for the drive sober, get pulled over campaign, visit uh, trafficsafetymarketing.gov. And, you know, it's a serious thing. We all like to have a good time, but, you know, you know it, it could save lives just by, you know, having this app and, and hitting the right button. Of course, of course. Yep. So, yeah, um, I see you're having some fun out there. You're making some waves out there in Vegas. Tell us tell us a little bit about uh, how your time's been out there. You know, this is an amazing event, Paulie. I mean, it's it's definitely a once-in-a-lifetime. I saw some of the buzz on ESPN. How is Just talk about your experience and how it's different from any, any other fights you've been out there for in the past. Um, well, so far, it hasn't really been a, 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 as bigger, as much bigger as I thought. You know, the, uh, you know what it is, though? I think the um, the media hype and, the, and stuff, the, the media center was moved from the MGM Grand, where we usually have it. They moved it to some tent, like off of Long Las Vegas Boulevard or something, like by the Luxor Hotel. So I think the entire fight crowd that's usually all kind of gathered up in the MGM Grand and in the vicinity has been like kind of split up, you know? So I haven't seen as much buzz in the MGM Grand itself as, uh, as I usually do on a major fight week but it doesn't mean that it's not in town it just probably means that it's been split up a bit you know and uh i haven't really gone out to the media center that much because you know usually i can just walk to it if i'm in the mgm grand but now i have to take a shuttle or a cab or whatever it's just i don't you know me man I, i'd rather just be at a convenience and whatnot but i've been doing a lot of work with uh i, I started the week with sky sports actually you know now i've, I've moved over to work with, with showtime but i started out the week doing some work with sky sports and uh, you know we got we got a couple things in so tell tell us you know from you know we've we've seen some video and stuff but how how did you guys end up crossing paths and and oh you know? uh, yeah well you know at the grand arrival um you know both fighters had to come in you know it's funny because um you know some people 
loved the whole beef and bickering and whatnot. Like Sky Sports loved it. They were like trying to feed it, you know. Well, well, some others, you know, would rather not uh, see that, you know. Uh, and I'm going to work it, you know. Sky Sports seemed to love it. I was actually surprised. I guess it's it's a uh, it's um you know, a matter of the culture between uh, the two networks and the, and the two countries, you know, uh, and whatnot. But, um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, it was kind of left me with a rock and a hard place. Because I got one network that wants to feed into it and one network that doesn't want to feed into it, you know. So uh, we, we kind of went along and... Um, we did some work uh, with Sky Sports early in the week. You know, we did a rep- couple of reports from different scenic places in the city, you know. And then we had to do the Grand Arrivals, you know. And the Grand Arrivals, you know, we, uh, I think a lot of people saw what happened. You know, Floyd came in and Connor came in. Um, my intention wasn't really to get involved like that. I was around the vicinity because I'm covering the, the, the thing with Sky Sports. So I'm in the vicinity of the media scrum there, but I wasn't trying to get too involved or too close, but I was trying to be close enough to where, you know, I'd pick up a couple of things so that we'd be able to talk about it in the report, you know? Um, and so I'm, I'm standing there and Adi's, uh, uh, Connor's manager, Adi, who I had had a conversation with after the, after the second sparring, you know, it was like relatively cool, you know, and he spots me like on the outside of that scrum and he kind of points his finger at me like with a half a smile, you know, like, like basically acknowledging that I'm there. So I'm thinking in my mind, you know, I had a decent conversation with this guy after we sparred. Maybe this is the guy, he's a manager, usually they're more mature, you know, um, maybe I'll just go around and take him aside and, you know, just talk man to man and just kind of try to hash things out a little bit and just try to talk, uh, you know, because two men would talk about it away from the media press because Connor was getting all the questions anyway, you know? Sure. I kind of made my way around it, and I tried to get a hold of him because he had, like I said, he had to just acknowledge me. So I tried to grab his arm, and I was I was in the midst of saying, you know, man, come on, that wasn't cool. Like, uh, let's go for a walk, you know. Like, uh, that was that was kind of dishonest of you guys, you know. And I didn't get to even finish right away. He started making a scene. Like, he started going, nah, nah, you don't honor the contract, Paul. You don't honor the contract. But what I realized was when this guy's making a scene. Instantly, I was like, "Wow, this guy wants to be on camera more than Connor wants to be on camera." You know, like, like this guy wasn't even about you know going out in private, like walking away from it. Because you know, the reporters want to talk to Connor; they don't want to see him. You know what I'm saying? Like, so then Connor was doing the interviews. I mean, he was two, he was two feet away from Connor. Don't get me wrong, but I figured like if I grabbed him real quick and he stepped out, nobody would even care because everybody's trying to get to Connor anyway. You know, so. I was wrong. I totally misplayed it. You know, I, I, I thought more of this guy. I thought he was a more, more mature person, you know? So when I tried to grab him, he made a scene right away. And what does that scene do? Right away, that scene creates all eyes to go that in that direction because Connor's not far away. We're right in the midst of it, you know? And when the eyes go in that direction, Connor sees that and he goes in that direction. So now, obviously, Connor gets involved. Once it's me and Connor face-to-face, that's what everybody fucking, uh, everybody's attention goes to that. We get face-to-face, and then what are you going to do? You know, what, you're not going to say anything. You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to then do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Because then he starts to wise off. I'm going to start to wise off and just kind of work that way. You know, we, we wise off. Then, you know, for the most part, also, there was a lot of security, you know, there's a lot of cops there, you know, and they're kind of just going with it, you know, they, the cops are kind of going with it. There's like, there was about 40 cops there, you know, and they, they kind of knew what was up. But, you know, you ever get like the one nerd cop that like his whole life was a, like a dork <laughs> and he just becomes a cop and he wants to be involved you know, and, and like little things like that, you know. So so the one nerd, out of, like literally there was like 40 cops, I'm not kidding you, and they all like stood, those, stood off to the side. They knew it wasn't like a big deal. The one nerd cop like comes in and just grabs me trying to like pull me away, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I think when people see in the video where I'm like, yo, relax. 
relax, bro. I'm a fighter, you know? Because yep. you get like, I, you know, there was a bunch of cops there. They weren't doing anything. They no, were, was, you know. Clearly nothing was going to happen. Uh, no, no, no. Of course nothing was going to happen. But like I said, you know, and for the most part, you know, there's, I have a lot of respect for cops and I have cops that are friends and whatnot. But everybody knows what I'm talking about. There's always once in a while you get that nerd cop who his whole life got smacked around and then he becomes, he gets a badge and he wants to just be in the middle of everything. You know what I'm saying? He wants to just, you know, when, in, in situations where he doesn't need any balls, obviously, because right there you don't really need any balls to get involved. But of course you get, you get, you get right in the middle of everything, you know? So he kind of jumped in there and grabbed me right away. So I had to like get my arm off of my like, Joe, relax, bro. I'm so, a fighter, you know? So what happened? So, he, he put his hand on your shoulder. I mean, it's, it's hard yeah, to hear well, he everything. he pulled me away. You know what I mean? The, the Connors people were kind of pulling him in one direction, and then, you know, the, the cop grabbed me and pulled me in the other direction. No, you know? back up a second. Like, when Connor, you guys came face to face, Connor looked like he put his hand on your shoulder and was talking to you. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that was another thing. I didn't realize it was his hand on my shoulder. There's so many people in the vicinity. I don't know. I'm, I'm just talking to him. And um, he's trying to make, like, relax. You got what you got or something like that. So I was, I basically reminded him of the things I was saying during our second sparring session. During our second sparring session, they were moments where he was out he was not getting the better of it at all he was catching a, a good some good shots and um in those moments i could see folding him there's folding this guy you know I've, I've said that in the past that there's folding this guy you know this when, when push comes to shove we're all strong around one but when we're in uncomfortable situations we all react differently and this guy has no balls you know and i signed I, I actually told him that during the sparring i told dana white that when we were sparring i when i was yelling from the corner these are things that i actually harped on that i know bother him because inside he knows he quit in an ads fight and once you're a quitter, you're always a quitter. You got no balls. You're not just going to grow balls, you know? So, so it kind of bothered him. You know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, when he got pulled away, when I saw another video, he actually got into another argument with a fan when he was getting pulled in the other direction. You know, that kind of got under his skin. He got heated. Well, you know, it, 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 he, there's an insecurity about him not having any balls. So basically, I wanted to remind him about the conversation I was having with him when I was sparring. You know, he decided he's going to be a big shot. And, you know, when you want to be all man and you want to be a big shot, that's fine. Be all man and be a big shot. But somebody needs to remind you that deep inside, I'm from Brooklyn, bro. I'm from Brooklyn like when it was Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Like, I can smell I can smell a bitch when he's on the block, let alone when he's two feet away from me. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's bitch in him, and I can it's smellable. You know what I'm saying? So, basically, I want to remind him of all times if you brought his balls this week. Because if, if any time, at any point in his career, he's going to need to bring his balls. So, he tends to forget them during big fights, especially during, like, moments when he's uncomfortable. Saturday, he's going to be very uncomfortable. It's going to be a very difficult fight, you know? So, if at any point... There should be a night where he doesn't forget to bring his balls. Saturday should be the night where he is. So I wanted to make sure he he packs his shoes, he packs his boxing trunks, you know, you pack your cup, you pack your outfit, you know, you got all your Gucci Armani stuff, you want to pack all your sponsor stuff. But don't forget to pack your balls. Those are really <laughs> important. Saturday night, you got to bring your balls, you know, because you're gonna, there's going to be moments where you're going to be catching ass whipping, and you're going to have to kind of glide through that and try to come back and, and fight like a man does, like a person with balls does, you know, and like a person, like the person with balls does that you weren't able to show when you were uncomfortable in, in situations you've shown us to be uncomfortable, you know, so, so I just basically wanted to remind him of that, you know, and that's kind of why I kept repeating, did you bring your balls, Connor? You know, you want to talk about other things, you know, and, and so you're talking about get over it, and we're not talking about getting over it, we're not talking about anything. We're just want to make sure you brought your balls this week because you know a lot of people paid good money for this fight a lot of people are going to order on pay-per-view they don't want to see a guy with no balls now in the ring you know what i'm saying now you talked it all up you handed it all up you fooled the entire public with these fake videos and when as a matter of fact the more i go around vegas and in the media and whatnot the more i realize more and more people realize the videos are bullshit you know the only people that are still falling for the videos are the color both fanboys and groupies you know sure so so I uh, um, I just wanted to remind him all the bluster. It's all over now. You got to bring your balls. You don't play boxing. One thing about boxing, we talk about mixed martial arts and how vicious it is and everything. 
but nobody's dying in mixed martial arts. Boxing is the most vicious of sports because it's all striking and it's head blows and head trauma. I've met guys, I've known fighters that went into the ring one way and came out never the same again over one, one night in one fight. I've known guys that went into the ring alive and a few days later they were dead from a coma, from having fallen into a coma from a fight. You do not play boxing. So I wanted to make sure he understood that. And now you're not getting kicked in the head and getting knocked out and they even revive you and you're good. In boxing you get a concussion and you actually stay alive enough to get more beating on top of that concussion. And that's why people die in this shit. This is not something you play with. He thinks he's playing. He thinks he's coming into boxing like it's a ping pong game. I'm going to own everything. I am boxing, this and that. I am. I just wanted him to realize the reality of, uh, of what he's doing and what he's saying. Because, again, you don't play this shit. Now it's for real. Fight week, it's for real. So if you're going to make sure you pack anything for fight night, you got to make sure you pack your balls. Because you tend to forget those when the shit, when the going gets tough. We don't want him to, to not pack his balls. We don't want him to forget him at his house in Vegas. We want to make sure he brought them from Ireland. But he's going to really need them Saturday night. Uh, you know, you, just, you said something about hyping up the fight and, and all the talk leading up to it. And I got to say, they did a good job because now I want to see the fight. And, and when I first heard it, I was like, eh, this is ridiculous. But now I, I, I want to I see it. I want to see him get his ass kicked. I, I do. I want to watch it. Well, well, for whatever reason that people want to see or whatnot, I think at the end of the day, I think people always expect a lot of buys for this pay-per-view. People always expect this to be a big deal, you know? I think people in the know were a little skeptical, but there's enough groupies out there that you know, were just so forward, and that's why they made the fight to begin with, because they knew there was just a, uh, uh, an avalanche of groupies out there that really, really believe this guy can win the fight, you know? So so to the point where, you know, they, they, they don't not only see him winning the fight, they see him winning the fight spectacularly, knocking Floyd out and whatnot, you know? So, so um, you know, there's there's enough people from from that side that also will buy into it. Then, of course, even the intelligent people that kind of realize Connor's a heavy underdog for a reason, they still want to see it just because it's an event, it's a major deal, you know, yeah. you got... Some good fights on the undercard. You know, you got Bobby Jack versus Nathan Cleverly, which is a nice fight. And Javante Davis is making a title defense. You know, these the rise of Javante Davis has been really interesting in boxing. Is people looking at the next star? You know, he's fighting this kid Fonseca, who's actually supposed to be pretty tough out of Costa Rica. You know, it comes a little bit underrated, I feel. You know, um, and Andrew Davidi and Steve Cunningham is a, is a nice little crossroads fight. Davidi's a up and coming kid. Uh, it's cruiserweight division. Cunningham's an actual champion who may be on the way down, but doesn't want to believe that, and he still has a lot of fight left in him. So I think it's a solid card overall, you know. But so I, and I think if if the main event is not going to be competitive, I think the undercard easily easily picks up the slack um, with with some of those fights, you know. All right, so you know, Conor got very excited about the eight ounce gloves. You, what, what can you tell us about? The eight ounce well, gloves. One thing, I'm gonna get into, one thing I'm going to get into the broadcast a little bit is this with eight ounce gloves. Eight ounce gloves psychologically favor McGregor because psychologically he thinks it's such a, a big deal for him and um, he, he thinks, you know, there's less, less, um, um, of blocking space for Floyd when he blocks the gloves. Um, uh, I even saw an interview uh, online with Conor's personal punching bag, the guy Artem Walboff. Um, he was talking about how it's great eight ounce gloves for Conor because Floyd can't block as much space, um, there's less space to block with the gloves. Um, but in reality, the the advantage for Connor is mental, but the actual physical advantage is to Floyd. And one thing that Connor doesn't under, is not going to understand really is this: in a fight, compared to sparring, especially, a lot of the body shots in sparring, a lot of them get blocked. A lot of some of them get through. A lot more of them get blocked because the glove is so much bigger; it doesn't fit between the arms, between the between the, 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 the defensive, between the defenses 
when your arms are tight to your body, you know. Um, you can find the openings in there here and there, but you don't find them as often um, unless you catch a guy on a counter or underneath him when he's throwing, you know. Um, while at this, while in the fight, the gloves are so small, even if a guy has his arms tight to his body and he's trying to block the body shots, small eight-ounce gloves fit in the crevices. They fit in those little pockets, and they bang your body away. You know what I mean? They, they fit inside, and they lay in cleanly. One thing about Connor, he's never experienced a body attack like, like a professional boxing because in MMA, all they do is hold this when they get close. As a matter of fact, people are going to see that Connor's actually very confused when he gets inside. He's just going to be doing a lot of holding. He's going to be doing a lot of wrestling. Um, and the referee's going to have his hands full, you know. But overall, that in close-range shots is going to be where Floyd has the advantage because Floyd has the calmness inside to find those little openings, to punch in between the crevices, that there's bigger openings to the body now than there are uh, when you're sparring because the gloves are smaller, so you can fit the gloves in between the arms, fit the gloves up the gut to the solar plexus, fit the gloves underneath the elbow to the, and hit that liver, you know, where that's bigger gloves, you know, they don't quite fit as good, you know. Um, in sparring. So it's going to be a, a world of shock for Connor because he's never experienced this. He's never experienced this in mixed martial arts and he didn't experience it during training camp because you're sparring with bigger gloves in camp. Not to mention, when I left, he lost any quality sparring partner he might have even had. You know, so, so you know, um, I think the real advantage here goes to Floyd. I think that's why Floyd wasn't stupid when he wanted to go with the 8-ounce gloves. Um, and, you know, Something to look for in fight night, though, it's something to really look for is the body attack and the way the gloves, the shots are going to fit now in between the arms, in between up up the gut, up the side, and you know, underneath, you know. The body shots are something Connor's never experienced before. A, a, a body attack in boxing is one of the most agonizing feelings to feel if you're on the receiving end of it, you know, especially one that debilitates. You can be stopped with a body shot. You can be debilitated with a body shot. It makes cowards out of ballsy guys, let alone if a guy has no balls to begin with. Like, I believe this guy has none to begin with. So I, I'm very curious to see where the fight goes, how it goes. Um, my curiosity is going to be, once Connor starts to get warned here and there, he may lose a point or two for the rabbit punching, holding behind the head. But that's why it's going to be his only defense inside. He's not going to know what else to do on the inside. He's going to eventually have to lose points if he keeps doing it. And I don't think Floyd's going to leave him any choices because Connor's not going to know how to defend himself in any other way. So I think once he's hurting, once he's tired, once he's breaking, I think, and the body shots are coming and he's hurting, and he starts to lose a point, you know, and he's getting all the warnings. He loses points now. Once you get to the point where you're losing points, you're on the verge of being disqualified. Something to be key for, some, a key thing to look for here is this guy going to find his exit route right there by just keep on doing that and fouling out of the fight? Because that's, as we know in boxing, that's one way to quit. And if you quit when you get disqualified as opposed to quitting when you say, I quit, you get a lot less criticism. Why? Because you can always blame the referee. You can blame everybody else. I think Connor's too prideful to just quit. Right, and but Paul, he, he could also right, say... Right, as we know, but hold on. Because, okay. But as we know, he's not, he's not too prideful to quit. He's too prideful to admit he quit. He's not too prideful to quit because, like I said, in any Diaz fight, he shot in knowing the fight would end if he shot in like that. Okay, yeah. so, so he's not too prideful to actually quit. He's too prideful to say he quit, or he's too prideful to show that he quit. He's trying so to save face, to, right? He tries to give you this illusion by saving face. So if I read him right... One thing to look for is if he gets himself disqualified once the beating gets too much for him to defend against. Because then he um, could say they didn't give me a chance to fight, they didn't let me fight, yeah, he can make all these exactly, excuses. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. When in reality, he's hurting to the body, he's tiring, he's fatiguing, and, and, and when you're tired of fatiguing, you can only defend yourself even worse. You know, it's, you know your defense isn't going to get any better, it's only going to get worse. And Paul, you brought up a great point before about Floyd where... Um, he accepted the eight ounce gloves because in the past when he fought Canelo, he he would make he would make it uh, advantageous for him whether whether it be the weight or whether it be the size of the ring. Not advantageous. I don't know if pounds. The rule is ten ounce gloves. 
No, no, I'm saying, I, I, no, I'm saying in the past, like if, if he didn't think eight ounce gloves were to his advantage, he wouldn't have agreed to it. Well, of course. You yeah. know, I mean, you have to get special permission from the commission to use eight ounce gloves. Not something that's normal. You know, to use eight ounce gloves in a, in a 154 pound fight. You know, he didn't have the, to do it. The, right. He doesn't have. Yeah, he didn't have to do it. But at 147 pounds and below. You don't have a choice. They're they're always eight ounce gloves, you know. So that's what fought most of his career, 147 pounds and below. He's he's used to eight ounce gloves, and he's fought with eight ounce gloves 97 percent of his career, you know. So so I think uh, at day's end, uh, you know, it's it's more of an actual it's more of an actual advantage to Floyd, but it's a psychological advantage for Connor. So it's interesting. We'll see we'll see how it plays out when it's actually physically playing out, though, because that's where I, I believe the shell shock comes in. The shell shock factor comes in. All right, man. I think uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy out there. Yeah, no problem, man. We got we, we got to get a show in for the fans. Uh, hopefully, uh, this fight week continues to be interesting. We got the weigh-in show tomorrow that I'm working, and then I'll be working the broadcast. So we'll see you on fight night. Will you be back right. in the studio next week or what? Yeah, hopefully we're back in the studio next week. That's the plan. All, All right. right. Yeah, thank we'll you. Get it done. All right, we'll do a coverage, a post-fight coverage of uh, Mayweather and Pac and uh, Mayweather and McGregor, and uh, we'll talk about all that stuff. Awesome. All right. All right. Thanks, we'll man. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. See ya.